0: First, we begin with breaking news and a warning for anyone who takes a stroll through Vancouver's trendy Yaletown neighborhood. Grace Key joins us with the details of an early morning sex assault right near where you're standing, Grace, in and Expo.
1: Yeah, this area is just surrounded by high-rises, extremely busy throughout the day and evening. The assault, though, happened at just after 3 o'clock in the morning. Now, a woman in her 30s was walking south on canby near Expo when a man threw her to the ground and sexually assaulted her. Now, thankfully, a driver pulled over, got out, and scared off the suspect, stayed with the victim until help arrived. The suspect then ran off eastbound on Expo Boulevard.
2: But at this stage we just don't have enough to say you know that the public's not at risk so we're going to the public and we're just reminding people just be be vigilant be aware of your surroundings continue on with your day-to-day activities if that means that you're walking around at two or three in the morning on your way home continue doing that vancouver's still a safe
3: place
4: i'm a pastry chef so i get up early so i can walk across here at like five six in the morning
1: and i've never thought this was an unsafe area i feel very safe i go out at 6 30 in the morning with her But I have a really gigantic big flashlight like that
5: size. It's fairly heavy, and if somebody approaches me, I can
1: whack them. So the suspect is described as being in his late 20s, early 30s, short black hair, medium build, He was wearing a black hoodie and had a dark-colored backpack as well. So at this point, Vancouver Police are asking for any possible witnesses to come forward. If you were in the area, again, Cambian Expo Boulevard at around 3 o'clock in the morning, they are asking you to come forward. They think, you know, the suspect certainly could have maybe ran past some people who were walking by. Maybe those individuals don't even know that a, an assault took place. So again, if you were in the area around that time, you're asked to call Vancouver police.
0: All right, let's see if they get some leads. Thanks very much, Grace Key in Vancouver. Now, a warning also from the father of a 13-year-old girl. They were at the Newton Wave Pool last week when the teen was followed into the woman's change room and allegedly sexually assaulted. Aaron MacArthur has more on the attack and why the girl's
6: father feels RCMP aren't taking the case seriously. A fun family outing at the Newton Wave pool was turned into a nightmare Friday afternoon when a 13-year-old girl says she was sexually assaulted.
7: We were playing in the pool. There was another one other boy that was, uh, a teenage boy that was in the pool at the time. He started playing with my son and my daughter and my, other, and my other children.
6: The girl says she went into the women's change room when she was followed in by a teenaged boy and forced into a stall. Her father, who we can't identify, is devastated.
7: She understands completely what happened. We know that this is going to affect her the rest of her life. And hopefully we can, we're, we're going to get the counselling that, that, that she deserves.
6: The Surrey RCMP would only send Global News a statement saying it doesn't normally confirm active investigations unless there's a specific threat to public safety. The victim's father in this case believes the Surrey RCMP didn't act quickly enough. You haven't heard anything from, well, you've heard no. a couple of things from the Surrey RCMP. No word of a suspect, no word nope. of a person of interest, no word of anything. Nothing. You're worried this might happen again.
7: I am very worried about th- this happening again, because if it happened to my daughter, it could happen to anyone.
6: The victim's father says the Surrey RCMP also pushed off interviewing his daughter because of another more important file.
7: What is more higher priority than a child being molested in a in a... In a, in a public pool.
6: The RCMP are looking at the surveillance camera from inside the community center, hoping to identify a suspect. Aaron MacArthur, Global News.
0: And new details tonight about an RCMP search of a rural property in the North Okanagan where human remains were found. Ramina Dea is at that farm tonight. Ramina, you got a good view of the scope of this investigation. What did you see?
4: We did, Chris. This is going to be the first time that our viewers are actually getting a look from the air. And the aerials really give you a perspective of how much land investigators are dealing with. The farm where the human remains were discovered about two weeks ago is 24 acres in size. It straddles both sides of the creek and it looks like investigators are still focusing on the backside of the property. Now, RCMP still don't have a timeline of how long they plan to be here. They're still not telling us how much of the land that they plan to search and to excavate. Locals are telling us though, Chris, that the clock is ticking, it's getting cold and frost has come as early as October in past years. And if the ground freezes, investigators could be in trouble because digging up any of the land for excavation purposes is not going to be possible. Now, the RCMP is still not saying tonight if the remains found here belong to one person or several. Chris, back to you.
0: All right, Romina, thanks very much. Romina Dea reporting from Salmon Arm tonight. A Vancouver man has been sentenced for the murder of his mother three years ago. Brian Whitlock was sentenced to life in prison with no chance of parole for twelve years he was arrested back in twenty fourteen after his mother barbara was murdered in her dunbar home prior to that crime whitlock was found guilty of animal cruelty for beating his german shepherd captain with a bat and leaving the dog to die in a dumpster today his lawyers spoke about the
2: issue of mental illness the unwillingness of certain people to accept that they have an illness and the difficulty it, it it engenders in and treating them and in cases as she found in this case the danger that it poses is obviously not um, everyone with mental illness but there are some people and she found in this case that this was one of them where he became dangerous in large measure due to his illness because of the de- delusions that he was suffering from.
0: The only comment from Whitlock after learning his fate was when he asked the judge if it had really taken three years to get to this point. An independent report exploring the economics of the Site C dam has come back with three scenarios for the mega project, all of them very costly. And while the BC Utilities Commission isn't recommending whether or not the project should be killed off, Jeff Hastings explains what the options are and the impact of the final decision.
7: This should be viewed as the final nail in the coffin of Site C.
8: If not a nail, perhaps the hammer the BC NDP needs to justify cancelling the multi-billion dollar Site C hydroelectric project in BC's peace region. Green leader Andrew
7: Weaver certainly thinks so. This provides the evidence that is needed to say that the Liberals were fiscally reckless.
8: In committee B Being committee in government means having to make hard choices. The BC Utilities Commission report on Site C bought Premier John Horgan's young government a few months before having to make an especially tough one.
1: Uh, it's a very technical report. We will also be consulting with First Nations and we will de- be delivering our decision to British Columbians by the end of uh, this year.
8: The choices are to keep going at an eventual cost of 8 maybe $10 billion, cancel and lose a few billion already invested and about 2,000 jobs, or suspend operations, something the NDP seems to have already taken off the table.
9: What's the future look like? Do we want to have 100 years of clean, firm, re- renewable power, or are we going to write off $4 billion, go back to zero, and start over?
10: This is going to lock in clean, reliable energy for for BC, which is a real competitive advantage for all BC businesses. So it's not just those 2,000 employees up in the Peace Region region today. It's about BC business today and into the future.
8: The BCUC report is mainly economic, but much of the opposition is environmental. This American energy expert says an outspoken anti-site C group of Peace Country landowners are pleased with the report. He is too.
7: The problem with Site C has never been that it was evil or foolish or malignant. The problem is that we're in the midst of an energy revolution where the alternatives have become enormously cheaper over the last five years.
8: Another major finding of the report is that Site C is no longer considered on time or on budget. Jeff Hastings, Global News.
0: All right, we're going to bring in Keith Baldry now for some perspective on this. Andrew Weaver, Keith, you saw, feels this should be the final nail in the coffin for the project where does this leave the project layout what happens next
11: yeah, well, it's back to consultation. So Indigenous uh, Minister uh, Scott Fraser is flying up to the Peace River area in a couple of weeks to meet with First Nations groups there. Uh, a couple uh, nations there have opposed the project in court, have lost a number of court cases, and there's five uh, b- local bands that are also in favour of the Site C project. So uh, the NDP takes very seriously its consultation with First Nations communities, so that has to happen before any decision is made. You heard Michelle Mungal in just story say about a decision before the end of the year. I suspect it's going to. Be- be uh, sometime before Christmas. But at the end of the day, it's either $4 billion, walk away with nothing to show for it, or spend $10 billion and perhaps even more to finish the thing over the next seven years. It's going to be a very difficult uh, decision for the NDP government. They are split on this issue. Uh, At the end of the day, though, I can tell you this report contains much more negative information about completing the dam than it does about stopping it. So we'll hopefully have a decision within a couple months.
0: All right. Thanks very much, Keith and Victoria. A train derailment along the waterfront in East Vancouver kept cleanup crews busy today. CP says 3 loaded grain cars left the tracks around 4:30 this morning, just west of the Commissioner Street overpass next to the PNE. CP says there were no injuries and no dangerous goods involved. Ah! A fire in the middle of a Richmond street stopped traffic today. A riding lawnmower owned by the city of Richmond caught fire. Fire investigators say leaves near the hot exhaust may have contributed to the fire, which then spread to the gas tank. Thankfully, no one was hurt. Shifting gears now to Variety Week and an update on a very special variety child whose story we shared on Monday's news hour. Seven-year-old Sage has battled cancer twice in her short life, but because she spent so much time in the hospital fighting cancer, she hasn't had a lot of time to be just a kid. But this year, for the first time, Sage got to go trick-or-treating outside, dressed as a black cat. Sage's struggles are far from over, but she was strong enough to enjoy Halloween, running from house to house thanks to physiotherapy sessions paid for by Variety, the children's charity. Hi, I'm Jeremy Baxter. On behalf of Connect Hearing and our 400 team members across the country, we're incredibly proud to support Variety, the children's charity. As the number one physician-referred hearing care provider across the country, we understand the importance of seamless health care integration for family members of all generations. With Variety, we share a passion for helping families across B.C. And we're proud to match all the donations tonight. So please, give generously, pick up the phone, and call 310KIDS. Thank you. Jeremy, And thank you. Connect hearing for your support. Please, as he said, call 310 kids or go online to variety.bc.ca. Remember, every dollar you give will have double the impact on the lives of children with special needs for the remainder of the news hour. And we'll talk more about that as we go along on the program. In the meantime, new developments in the Manhattan terror attack. New York law enforcement uncovers new information about how long the suspect had been planning his attack, mowing down cyclists on a popular bike path. What they've learned about his motives and movements leading up to the attack in just over a minute. Caught on camera, what looks like a normal fuel stop until this. A woman jumps out of the trunk and makes a run for her life. What happened after that? later on the news hour and the all-out effort to save an elephant that stumbled into a well how they eventually got it out coming up
12: i i, I need an news right here
0: you, man. right here new here. cell phone video shows first responders rushing to the school bus for special needs students that was hit by the truck driver in yesterday's terror attack in new york police say the suspect deliberately rammed the bus Two staff members and two students were injured, one of them seriously. Now, investigators say the truck driver appears to have been planning the attack for weeks and had followed online instructions from ISIS to a T.
2: Tonight, the FBI says Saifel Osipob was actually planning the deadly terror attack at least a year ago. Police and federal agents swarmed his Patterson, New Jersey home, 22 miles outside New York, where his wife said she had no idea of his plans. But the FBI says he decided to do something violent after watching ISIS propaganda videos on his cell phone. Two months ago, they say he decided to use a truck. And they say he was especially motivated to carry out the attack after watching videos of the ISIS leader, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi. On Saipov's cell phone, the FBI says, investigators found about 90 ISIS propaganda videos and nearly 4,000 ISIS-related images. Federal prosecutors say he has now confessed. He also admitted that he had rented a truck
8: on October 22nd in practice to practice the turns he would make on his Halloween Halloween Day attack.
2: Earlier today, police and the FBI said they were looking for another man, Mahmoudar Kadarov, age 32, also from Uzbekistan, who was in touch with Saipov before the attack, but now they say he is no longer of interest. In New Jersey, neighbors say Saipov was accustomed to driving the kind of pickup he used in the attack.
13: Just the same model that he rented from Home Depot. You know, I've been seeing it for the past three weeks.
2: Saipov came to the U.S. in March 2010 with a visa he got in a State Department lottery. He lived briefly with family friends in Ohio, then got a commercial truck driver's license and moved to Tampa, Florida, another place authorities searched. Authorities say the attack followed the ISIS playbook, kill as many as possible with a vehicle, get out with guns and knives to keep killing, and leave something behind crediting ISIS. But they found no evidence of contact with terrorists overseas and say he was not on any list of terror suspects. The amazing
0: story of a tenant who won't pay rent, but refuses to move out. I kind of stood my ground and protested quite a bit. He got as far as the driveway, but won't go any further. Why the landlord simply has to live with it. And the new low-cost airline ready to carry you away. But are you going to want to go where they want to fly? School can be challenging for a lot of children, but it can be virtually impossible for those with special needs. Parents of children who aren't successful in the public system have limited options, homeschooling or private school. Now, many independent schools cater to children with special needs, but they're expensive. And as Lynn Collier reports, that's where variety comes in.
5: It's not that he couldn't do it. It's just that he couldn't understand
14: it. It was just a different way of writing it. Nine-year-old Arjun has a specific learning disorder in reading and written language skills. After struggling in public school, he came to James Cameron, a special education school in Maple Ridge.
13: So we serve a very specific population of children diagnosed with language-based learning disorder. We call it a learning disorder because we have to to meet the ministry requirements for funding. But in fact, these children, there's nothing wrong with them. They don't need fixing. They just learn differently.
4: He could stand up in front of the
14: class and give a perfect oral report. James Cameron is one of several independent schools in B.C., which means families must pay tuition. Arjun was able to attend James Cameron thanks to a grant from Variety, the children's charity.
13: Without Variety, many families couldn't come because our tuition is $16,000 a year. I think we're um, the lowest special education school for children with dyslexia, and it, um, that's an awful lot of money.
14: <laughs> the public school system has been underfunded for a long time, and just now that problem is starting to be rectified. Um, So families have been coming here instead because their kids weren't getting what they needed. It was sort of the alternative to not succeeding in public school or homeschooling, which is not an option for everybody. Brothers Sawyer and Riker both attend Elizabeth Buckley School in Victoria, another independent school with an inclusive environment that supports children with special needs. Parents must pay for their children to go here, and for the brothers, that cost doubles. The boys' needs are very different, but they both need EBS. And we need the support to be able to send them there. Your contributions to Variety have opened a new world of learning for Sawyer and Riker, and given their parents hope for their futures. Uh,
6: Elizabeth Buckley has uh, made a huge difference for our lives. I mean, I, for us as parents and our children, um, you know, watching them being able to grow and thrive in that environment Hello, is, is just phenomenal.
15: Thank you, Variety. Thank you. <laughs>
0: Well, your donations have made a huge impact on the lives of Arjun, Sawyer, and Riker, but they have many years of schooling ahead of them and will continue to need Variety's assistance. So please give if you can to Variety so they can help these boys and other kids just like them. And again, every dollar you donate during tonight's news hour will be matched by Connect Hearing. So please call 310Kids right now. All right, a lot more people could have YXX on their plane tickets in the coming years. As Global's John Wall reports, a third low-cost airline has just announced it'll soon be flying out of Abbotsford International.
10: Abbotsford International Airport is on a bit of a
7: roll. You can check in in five minutes and be at the gate in five minutes.
10: Already a favorite among domestic flyers hoping to avoid the frantic pace of Vancouver's YVR.
14: I've been to the Vancouver one and it's always so busy.
10: Now the city-run terminal is opening itself up to the low-cost carrier market in a big way.
2: This was a diamond in the rough and we're just starting to polish that diamond and you're gonna see some fantastic things happening here.
10: First flare, then WestJet swoop. Now Canada jetlines completing the ultra-low-cost airline hat trick, looking to fly out of YXX. The draw, Abbotsford's low costs and lack of airport improvement fee.
2: This isn't a fancy airport, but it is a very efficient airport, which means that we can pass on those costs to the air carriers.
10: No frill, cheaper flights, something passengers have been waiting to be picked up here in Canada for a long time. Until now, boarding in Bellingham, the better-known option.
2: I think it's a great idea. better the competition, the better it is for the consumer. We're
13: really looking forward to some of those low-cost options. And that's everything for
10: you. Local businesses say turning Abbotsford into a travel hub could help the region's economy take off.
1: Since the came in, it's picked up quite a bit. And with the other two coming in, hopefully it'll pick up a lot more.
10: While competition is always good, travel experts say ultra-low-cost carriers come with a warning.
13: We've seen the airline's not succeed. We, our fingers are crossed that they will, but you need to protect yourself.
10: Safest way by paying with a credit card or using an agent covered by the Travel Assurance Fund. Still with Abbotsford Airport landing three ultra-low-cost carriers, its future as the place to pick up a cheaper flight might just fly. John Hua, Global News. Well, you might be longing for a beach
0: somewhere based on what's coming in the forecast. Meteorologist Christy Gordon joins us now with the details of a special weather statement, Christy.
13: That's right. First big snow event of the season. I hope you're ready for it because two things are coming together, the cold Arctic air from the north and a moisture source. So starting tonight, the areas we're concerned about are Whistler tonight and tomorrow up to 12 centimeters of snow, Hala, Hope, Princeton up to 20 centimeters and 30 for Connector and the Kootenai Pass region. And we're expecting snow across the south coast, even at lower elevations starting tomorrow afternoon. I'll show you which areas when I come back
0: all right sounds good thanks christy a conspiracy in the kitchen allegations of price fixing in the bakery aisle did canadian grocery chains actually collude to get you to pay more and the squatter in the driveway and the landlord powerless to do anything about it coming up
12: i can't believe what i see you know it was huge People were literally
6: running uh, from this scene as the wall of fire uh, that was flowing along the fuel uh, was, uh, was inching towards uh, people and vehicles.
0: Investigators
6: in Ontario
0: say it's a miracle the death toll isn't in the dozens after a fiery 14-vehicle pileup on Highway 400 north of Toronto. Three people are confirmed dead, but officers are searching the wreckage for more possible victims. A transport truck slammed into slow-moving traffic Trigger, triggering an explosion in the tanker trucks that sent a wave of fuel and flames down the highway. Police say distracted driving might have played a role. And the skies over Baton Rouge, Louisiana, lit up early this morning by a fire at an ExxonMobil refinery. A spokesperson for the company says the fire was handled internally and no one was injured. And some dramatic video has helped police in Alabama arrest a suspect in a kidnapping. A gas station surveillance camera shows the trunk pop open and a woman climb out and make a run for it. She goes inside the store and seconds later, Timothy Wyatt in the striped shirt runs out. He gets into the car and speeds away. He was later found sleeping inside an old building and arrested for the kidnapping without incident. Now, that bizarre dispute in the Alberta town of Cardston, Alberta, that has one landlord wondering whose side the law is on the homeowner is being told he can't evict a former tenant who set up camp in his driveway using his power and who refuses to pay rent over here i have a sink is this homemade here? shelter is where robert
9: cox has been living for the last month prior to that he was renting the home beside with his common law partner until she moved out and he refused to leave the property.
0: I wasn't quite ready at the time, at the beginning of the month, so I kind of stood my ground and protested quite a bit. And uh, this is where we are today. Cox doesn't
9: own the land in Cardston, Alberta. He's not even paying rent to live on the driveway while using the home's electricity. So landlord Ivan Negrich thought it was a no brainer to evict Cox, right? Not
2: so fast. Well, I can't go on my own property without a written uh, letter stating that uh, i got to give him 24 hours written permission or notice to go on his property
9: negrich called cartston rcmp twice to have his unwanted tenant removed from his driveway instead negrich says he was the one asked to leave the property that was about as much as police could do telling global news officers won't get involved in the situation because it's a
2: civil matter and so long as he's, he's was living into the house He's, he's entitled to keep living in there until he gets evicted by a judge. I have a right to live, that's for sure.
0: Right, and uh, yeah, no, I'm pretty sure I'm in my rights.
9: Cox is claiming provincial squatters' rights, but those don't apply, since he hasn't been on the land for the minimum 10-year period. Negrich has since hired a lawyer and is taking Cox to court to have him removed.
2: The people who are paying their taxes, paying their, their dues, and, and try, try, trying to live a proper life, live by the law. Their hands are tied.
9: Cox says he plans on moving off the driveway one day, but can't afford to
0: at the moment. You just have to stay focused on what uh, what I want and where I want to go, and that's part of the part of the future for me. So nobody's going to take that from me. Joe Scarpelli Global News. Ever felt like you're paying too much for bread? Canada's Competition Bureau is looking into allegations of price fixing. Two major grocery chains, Metro and Loblaw, have confirmed they were raided by the Competition Bureau regarding the price of certain types of baked products. The two chains operate thousands of retail stores, including No Frills and Shoppers Drug Mart. One food industry expert says there is currently a battle over bread between grocers and producers.
9: Processors have been accusing grocers of bad practices around pricing strategies, and they actually have submitted complaints to the Competition Bureau without
0: any results. Now, it's illegal to conspire with a competitor to fix the price of a product, but it's difficult to prove. In 2013, Hershey Canada pleaded guilty to price fixing after another company cooperated with authorities. In Health Matters tonight, a new study says teenage mothers have an increased risk for heart disease as they get older. The University of Hawaii study of over 1,000 women in Canada and three other countries found that those who had their first child before they turned 20 were much more likely than older moms to have risk factors for heart disease. Doctors say a number of other factors could also be at play, and young mothers might need more intensive screening for cardiovascular disease as they age. A little piece of Vancouver history is about to be lost. They shouldn't
13: be closing this place.
0: Why the little Cardero grocery store is going away. And want to fight that traffic ticket? Now there's an app for that. How it works, later.
4: Coming up tomorrow on Global News Morning, the Canadian men's rugby team is hosting the Maori All Blacks at BC Place Friday night. We'll have a player from both teams joining us in studio. See you tomorrow at 5.
0: A desperate situation in Sri Lanka. An elephant trapped in a muddy well. The rescue effort and how they got him out right after the forecast. We'll check in with Christy right now for a look at this cold blast of winter that's on the way.
13: Thanks so much, Chris. Well, it certainly is a pleasant night across the South Coast, and it was spectacular for Halloween. I'd like to... uh... Give myself a little kudos. Yeah, you get a standing O. But yeah. I mean, that was the best Halloween we've had in many, many years. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed your Halloween. Uh, yes, a beautiful night out there, but we are on snow watch. So what we have across the satellite image right now is flurries in through the central interior spreading into the Columbia region. Those areas will see flurries along with windy conditions overnight, tonight, and tomorrow morning. So watch for reduced visibility on the highways. Then this Arctic front is going to shift further south as we head into the overnight period. So we talked about the mountain passes, expecting snow. Whistler as well. This is starting tonight through the day tomorrow, significant amounts. But even lower elevations in Whistler and into the southern interior, starting tomorrow morning, have the potential of some snow. Not a lot because you will warm up and it'll change to a mix of rain and snow. But keep that in mind. We're talking about areas like Kamloops, snow, Williams Lake, snow, even lower down. Then I'm going to push it through until tomorrow afternoon. That's when we start to have the potential of snow across the south coast. It doesn't mean it will start in the afternoon. It's just that that's when we have the potential of it starting. It may even start a little bit later. So the areas that we're watching are these ones for the south coast. Some snow potentially on the ground in the Fraser Valley. How Sound because of the outflow winds and higher elevations of Metro Vancouver and Vancouver Island. So uh, SFU, Westwood Plateau, higher elevations of the North Shore uh, on Vancouver Island, the Malahat potentially, and up towards uh, Port Alberni on Highway 4 there. And then lower elevations could see some snow fall, but no accumulations expected. It's most likely just going to be wet snow. In that case we don't get the accumulations. But as is always the case with uh, snow across the south coast, tune back in because it has the potential of changing. All right, here's your tomorrow. So those of you across the north, it's going to be cold, but all the snow is really south of you. So clear, cold, windy, quite chilly, and it's these areas that will see the wind and snow. Areas to the south, the cold air isn't expected until later in the day, so you'll see the rain change over to snow, and then the south coast. That's the same case as well. So tomorrow afternoon, right through until Friday morning, that's when we have the potential, and then late Friday we start to clear out of it, and it looks like our weekend. Will be cold, but at least sunny. Here's a look at our birthdays for tonight. Happy birthday to Mary! She turns 102 today, and two people celebrating anniversaries: Ethel and Mike Markowski, and Dorothy and Cliff bulow And tonight's weather window. I had to show you this one because I can sympathize. The student loans, scary <laughs> pumpkin. Great job, Asia. Thanks for that one.
0: Frightening, indeed. That's right. All right. Thanks very much, Christy. Villagers in Sri Lanka alerted authorities to an animal in crisis and a huge challenge. A full-grown elephant had fallen several meters into an agricultural well. It had been stuck there for three days. An excavator was brought in for the delicate task of cutting an escape path without hurting the animal. After three hours it was able to climb out and villagers used firecrackers to direct it back into the jungle. Now, this type of problem is on the rise here as more elephant habitat is lost to development. A drought has also forced elephants into populated areas looking for food and water. Glad it made it out. Well, this is the end of an era and a sign of the times. Another one of those little neighborhood corner stores is closing its doors. Operating in Vancouver's West End for more than 75 years, employees and shoppers explain why the loss is so much bigger than just convenience.
5: I don't know why I there Very close community All here, the nice, the my neighborhood yeah. And then they come every day Look like a family Oh, I miss you I miss you too Yeah. <laughs> they, they are there, they're like an institution here She you know my son when he was in his stroller It's sad I don't want this place to go The store, I think is over 80 Yeah, 80 years People like that style of the convenience store. They like to come here. Candy. 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 Very touching. Uh, Missing all my relationship with my neighbors. Yeah, so kind of upset. This is part of the community. We are a family. Yeah. Bye. Let's Thank you. I appreciate for them supporting the Little Corner store. And I'm really happy working here. So thank you so much for them, and say goodbye.
0: sad. I'm thankful we st- we've still got a little one in our neighborhood. Oh, in okay. East.
15: Yeah, you yeah. don't see as many corner stores as you used no, to. No, you don't. We need them. We do need them. I like corner stores. Uh, what is going on for you? Okay, so um, before Sunday's game between the Whitecaps and Seattle, Carl Robinson, the Whitecaps coach, actually said, I think it'll be a 0-0 tie. And he was right. So we asked him today, what do you think the score will be tomorrow against Seattle?
3: Tomorrow. Are you asking me? Yeah.
15: Well, he does answer, but you'll have to stay with us (laughs) to find out. I can't give it away now. But he will tell you what he thinks the score will be on uh, tomorrow. Also, if you can't afford a lawyer, maybe you can afford the app how it could help you fight that traffic ticket, and a
0: lot more coming up. This, yeah, here we are. Uh, Dustin was giving us cues, by the way, but I was looking at your, your headline there. The Eve of Battle. The
15: Eve of Battle, I know. It's, it's what it is. It's very dramatic, but mm-hmm. uh, it is the Eve of Battle. And it is, you know, that's a pretty intense war that's been going on for a lot of years between Sounders and Whitecaps teams. Uh, When the Whitecaps beat San Jose in the opening game of the playoffs, 5-0, boy, was it fun to watch Vancouver score all those goals. So much fun that we forgot how bad it was that Vancouver missed its chance at finishing first and avoiding the first round of the playoffs altogether. Because if they didn't play that game against San Jose, players like Christian Teixeira and Jordy Reina would have had time to rest and get healthy for the second round series. Of course, they had to play that game against San Jose. So when it came to Game 1 against Seattle, they weren't starters. They were second-half subs because they were both hurt. And they were hoping that bringing them in in the second half would help them get ready for Game 2 tomorrow. But are they able to start Game 2 in Seattle?
3: They are are touch-and-go. They're probably both going to be on the bench, uh, if I had to hazard a guess.
15: Okay. so once again the Whitecaps are going to start without two of their best offensive players. But will that mean the same kind of game that we saw on Sunday, where both teams were like wary fighters, not wanting to throw the first punch? The Caps players think not.
6: You know, they they, they like to play a certain style when they're at home. They like to attack, they like to have the ball. We're just going to have to be content with that at certain times during the game. They know that we are a team that is very difficult um, in the counter so Obviously, they're not going to leave us all the open spaces, but yeah, it's going to be a nice game.
15: One thing that is nice is the math is in Vancouver's favor. Because away goals will count double in the event of a tie, the best way to look at it is for every Vancouver goal, the Sounders must score two, so they might not be so all out in their attack. And the Caps are great counter-attackers, and that's why they have confidence, even though they're playing this game in Seattle.
3: We're we're not bad away from home. You know, it suits the players that we have, if we can get them fit, and the way we want to play. Do we want to just sit and defend? No, no, not at all. You know, that's not our intention, but we believe in certain periods of the game, in certain areas, we can exploit their weaknesses. Because we've identified a number of weaknesses this year when we've played them in the four games
15: one part of seattle that will strengthen is up front with the return of clint dempsey he missed game one because of a suspension he'll be in this one for
3: sure he's a top player arguably the best player that america have ever had in that position and scores goals plays with his heart on his sleeve with an edge with emotion which is allowed and uh yeah he's going to be a real danger but that's why we're in the playoffs it's for big games big tests against big teams uh, and we deserve to be there, and we'll certainly give it our best tomorrow night.
15: You're right, Annette. That story, you realize that Osted has become the forgotten guy. He, uh, I don't think he'll be back next year. Uh, okay, so as we said, Carl Robinson predicted a 0-0 draw in game one. And he was right. So, we had to ask him today, and not very often does an athlete or a coach answer this question. What do you think the score will be in game number two? Give us a prediction for tomorrow night, Carl.
3: You're asking me? Yeah. Okay. One nil. Be a tight game. One nil. We'll take a one nil.
15: There you go. One nothing white cap. See. As we said, every caps goal, Seattle has to score two because of the rules. Okay. So if you think the Vancouver Canucks are one of the surprise teams so far this season, and they are, how about the New Jersey Devils? They're in Rogers Arena tonight. They are the only team left in the NHL not to lose a road game in regulation time. They are 8-2, and two, and their second-highest scorer is a rookie defenseman, Will Butcher. The uh, Canucks will start Jacob in goal again. It's very likely that Brock Besser will play. He skated this morning. He, of course, missed the Dallas game with a bruised foot. A.J. Hinch or Dave Roberts? One of these two men will be a World Series champion manager tonight. Game 7. To the
12: right side. Darvish has to
15: get yeah, uh-oh. To Wild throw. Bellinger didn't need to go to that. That should have been left for the second baseman. One pitch now. That scores a run, so Houston's up one nothing. Jose Altuve scores Alex Bregman. Now it's 2 nothing in the first. The pitcher, Lance McCullers, is at the plate. The Astros are scoring runs, and the ball's not even getting under the infield. 3 nothing. That's not very World Series-like, at least not this one. Ah, this is more like it. Home run! Two-run shot for George Springer. Five-nothing throws in the fourth. BC Lions have nominated linebacker Solomon Alamimian for both outstanding player and outstanding defensive player in the CFL. He had another great season, but BC missing the playoffs might hurt his cause. Among other nominees for the Lions, Ty Long, the kicker, nominated for special teams player and rookie of the year. One game left for the Lions against T.O. Let's go to Wembley in London. It's Champions League. It's Real Madrid and Tottenham, and it's Deli Ali. That goes in. He would score two in this game. Sixty-fifth minute, Christian Eriksen from Harry Kane. Tottenham wins this 3-1, and they have secured a spot in the knockout round of Champions League with that win. There you go. All right,
0: thanks very much, Squire. You're welcome. Checking with Jay Durant now on a preview of Global News at 11 tonight. Jay.
2: Thanks very much. was on edge tonight after this morning's sexual assault. The suspect is still on the loose. We'll talk to some members of the community to get their reaction. And we've heard the forecast. The cold is coming for those living on the streets, finding a warm and safe place to keep uh, is a challenge. We will talk to the Salvation Army about emergency warming shelters
15: opening tonight. More on those stories uh, and much more coming up tonight at 11, Chris.
0: All right. Thanks, Jay. I hope everybody heard you through my microphone for whatever reason yours was off. But uh, it's going to be a good show at 11 tonight. When we come back, the lawyer in your pocket that can help you fight
2: traffic tickets. That's next. And plus, Adam Levine opens up to only us
6: about his new music and his new family. And Big Brother Canada is back. We got all the details on season six. That is coming up right after the news hour. But first, back to you, Chris. All right,
0: Ross, thank you very much. Well, here's a rather unique invention that can help in situations where you might need a lawyer but can't afford one. A British man has invented an app that's coming to Canada. He says it can help you fight everything from a parking ticket to discrimination, all for free. Ted Chernecki explains how it works.
12: Parking tickets, always a contentious conversation starter in parking-starved Vancouver. If you think you've been unfairly treated by the city and you have a case for appeal but don't have the expertise and especially the time meet Joshua, dubbed by the BBC as the Robin Hood of the Internet, taking from rich lawyers and giving back to the poor.
10: It asks you a few questions about your ticket. For example, was the parking bay too small or did you not have the chance to pay? Figures out a legal defence, takes down a few details and then uses those details to populate a legally sound 500-word appeal letter, which is then sent automatically to the local government.
3: We're here today with
10: Josh Browder.
4: And it was created by a 19-year-old.
10: Joshua, welcome to the Startup
12: app. Welcome. He's a bit hey of an guys. internet sensation in the UK and the US where he claims to have helped thousands appeal parking tickets. But wait, he wants his Do Not Pay website to do more by giving everyone an easier path to appealing everything from landlord-tenant problems to divorces. His goal, to put predatory lawyers out of business.
10: I think the local government is making money off people, and so it's a pure public service for free.
12: It's coming next
10: month to major cities across Canada,
12: but bylaws are different everywhere, so it takes time to write code. Vancouver, for example, doesn't think DonotPay.com will work there because it doesn't accept written appeals anymore.
13: I think it's a great idea for those cities that do allow um, complaints to be submitted via email or a written complaint. We just don't happen to be one of those cities.
12: Clearly, a robot lawyer can't deal with serious criminal and civil suits, but for all those minor matters, the time may be coming for you to ask, do I really need to pay for a lawyer? Petronet Global News. A lot of
0: nervous lawyers out
13: there. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say. I'm looking forward to that.
0: (laughs) Uh, Real quick, before we go tonight, we want to leave you with our Variety Week total. We want to thank you for your very generous support. We've been able to raise enough money. To help a hundred children in B.C. so far with special needs. But we want to help even more kids right around this province. So if you can, please call 310 Kids now or go online to make a donation. You can even do it on your smartphone. Mm -hmm. Text 45678. And uh, I think you can can decide how much you want to give. Mm -hmm. For sure, 20 bucks.